Coming up, we get into college football with Colin Quinlan, one of my three nephews, and Colin is a very astute and smart sports fan, and he really knows his college football, so I'm excited to talk to him. we got four games that we're going to discuss. We'll talk a little bit about the top four, and uh, might talk a little Heisman as well. So first, swimming into view. Making his debut on Your Best Bets, one of my three favorite nephews, Mr. Colin Quinlan. Welcome, Colin. Hi, Phil. I'm glad to be on and talk some football with you. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I was um, I was thinking today how how much of uh, how much knowledge that you've had and just kind of conversations with you about most sports, but especially college football. So glad to get your insight on on some games this week. It's not the best slate of games for sure, um, but there's some good ones that we picked out. Uh, before we get into the games, uh, where does your college football fandom lie? Um, I'm a big Notre Dame guy. I've been been Notre Dame guy since I was little. My uh, dad went to school there, so he's kind of brainwashed me since I was little. So I've always kind of followed them since I was a little kid, and they're having a good year this year. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the team and and sort of the the outlook the rest of the way? Um, you know, I was I was pretty excited about that win over Clemson. Um, I I knew that was going to be a tough game. Um. Kind of, kind of nervous about the Wake Forest game coming up, but I think they should be able to win that one. And then the uh, rematch with Clemson is obviously going to be a big one. Um, should be a good game there too with Trevor Lawrence coming back. Yeah, the Wake Forest game is a little nerve-wracking just because they can score some points, but I thought they handled North Carolina pretty well, and it's kind of a similar matchup there with Wake Forest, so I'd be surprised if they drop, drop that one before the ACC title game. Um, do you have any thoughts about the top four? You you think that the top four is going to change at all along the way, or is this is this the four we're going to end up with in the playoff? Um, I th- I think the top three will remain the same. I think it all just depends on if Ohio State can continue to play their games. Um, I don't know if they stay in the top four if they don't get enough games under their belt. Um, I think I think there is a minimum amount of games they have to play. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure what the minimum there is, but I think if they're not able to complete um, a certain amount of games, they may fall out, and we may see another team come in there. I hope I hope for college football's sake, the top four that is in there now is is the final four because I think it would be pretty entertaining to watch, no matter what the semifinal matchups would look like. I think it would be pretty fun to have those four teams in. And if you got Notre Dame-Clemson in the ACC title game, if Clemson would happen to win, I still think Notre Dame sh- will stay in the top four. Um, and I guess there's a chance that Notre Dame wins that game and Clemson could drop out. Um, so there's a lot that uh, has to happen yet before we even get to that point, but it's kind of interesting to look at. Um, so we got four games that we're going to talk about, and then we'll talk a little bit Heisman at the at the end of this Um so the first game on the slate is the Indiana Hoosiers at the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Indiana, of course, coming in at five and one, 
Wisconsin two and one, only played three games. Um, uh, IU's coming off the win last week um, against Maryland, and Wisconsin obviously dropped that ugly game to Northwestern, which set football back about 20 years, I think. Um, IU's lost 10 straight against Wisconsin. Um, the The line is uh, Wisconsin by 14 when I saw it today, and the over-unders at 46. <clears throat> um, obviously, Wisconsin started off great this season. They handled Illinois and Michigan. Um Sorry about my dog there. Um, offense has has was looking good and then struggled a lot last week, obviously. And then IU with the big story of losing Penix to the knee injury. And then you got Jack Tuttle coming in, the Utah transfer. Um, uh, Coach Allen says he's you know he's got a big time arm, high IQ. He was a dec- you know, decorated recruit, but this is still a new position for him to be in. Um, so, Colin, what's your what's your thoughts on on this game? Can IU generate offense without Penix? That's what I'm worried about. Um, I know the past few games we've been seeing some big time plays from Penix, uh, those big explosive plays on the field that we we uh, saw in the Ohio State game that kind of helped to keep them in the game along with their uh, they kind of gave Field some problems there. But um, I, I'm just not too sure about. Jack Tuttle, we haven't obviously seen much of him. He was, I believe, five for five when he came in against Maryland. But I'm not too sure if their offense can just generate enough explosive plays to keep up with Wisconsin. Um, I kind of see Wisconsin trying to dominate the ball, um, kind of just run it like Ohio State did, and uh, limit the possessions for IU so they don't have as much opportunity to generate those explosive plays but um i could definitely see iu making it a very good game with uh fry fogel stepping up and stevie scott um making some big plays for iu but i i see wisconsin um being able to win this one um i think graham mertz graham mertz is going to have a bounce back game from his uh bad showing against northwestern and they're just gonna control the ball and kind of run it at iu Stevie Scott's a big, big key in this game. Uh, they they relied on him a lot last week after Penix went out, and uh, really needs to to kind of help out and uh, get the running game going. Mertz really struggled last week uh, against Northwestern, threw three picks, and as you said earlier, Indiana's defense is is pretty solid, and they were really opportunistic against Justin Fields in the Ohio State game. Um, I think it's just coming down to Tuttle making a few plays and 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 also IU kind of keeping keeping the ball, controlling the clock. I see this as a low scoring game. The, the over under at forty six is low already. I could actually see it going under that. I thought the line was a little high when I first saw it. I understand why it's that why it's that high, but I I'm gonna lean toward IU here uh, getting the fourteen. I don't know if they win the game, but they are six and zero this year against the spread. And um, 14 seems like a lot when, the, you know, they've been a really solid team. And, and it's not just been all Penix. He's been a big part of that. But I think Tuttle can come in and at least hold down the fort and keep this game relatively close. Um, so I see them covering the 14. What do you think about the spread? Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. I um, definitely do not see this game um, getting to 46 points. Um I think it's going to be a pretty slow-paced game, um, relying on the run game a lot. Um, 
and I, I definitely see uh, IU making some plays to keep themselves mm-hmm. in the game, and I don't see them losing by 14. I see them maybe losing by 8, 7, nothing too big. Um, I think that line's pretty big for this game. I don't think um, Penix can necessarily make that big of a difference with this team. I mean, he's obviously a great player, but I don't think he necessarily um, generates 14 extra points that Tuttle wouldn't be able to get. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So we, we, we see eye-to-eye there. IU plus 14 is the pick there, and we both lean under the 46. Next game, West Virginia at Iowa State. Uh, this is where we're at with the slate this week that we had to we had to talk about this game because there's just not a lot of great games where right. we have two good teams going. But this is a good game. Um, Iowa State can clinch a spot in the Big 12 title game with a win, and they haven't been in the Big 12 title game in forever. Um, obviously, there's all the rumors going around with Matt Campbell right now, the the head coach of Iowa State, with how he's built this program. Um, you know, with Michigan and and you know the saga that's going on there with Harbaugh, he's one of the hot names there. Um, so Iowa State comes in uh, at seven and two, um, and West Virginia at five and three. The line is uh, Iowa State by six and a half, and the over under at forty nine and a half. I was looking at this game, and Iowa State's dominated West Virginia the last two years. Um, this is kind of the it's kind of it, you you think about Iowa State you think about Brock Purdy quite a bit but they're they're a really balanced offensive team with uh uh Brees Hall running the ball and West Virginia also relies on this run game quite a bit with Letty Brown on the other side um so my first thought is that this is act, this actually might be more of a defensive game than you might expect West Virginia only gives up uh almost 18 points a game that over under is already looking appealing to me um do you have a stance or a thought on this game um, so I see Iowa State really um going going pretty hard to try and win this game to get into that championship game. Um, West Virginia does have a good defense, but when they played Oklahoma State, they allowed two hundred plus yards rushing to uh Chuba Hubbard and their other running back. They both got a hundred each. So I see them trying to take advantage of the rushing game with Brees Hall because he's an absolute monster. He's averaging six point three a 6.3 a carry, 16 total touchdowns, and uh, 12.60 on the ground. So I see them trying to give him the ball a lot and um, make something happen there. Um, I see them scoring a decent amount of points in this game. Okay, so you 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 might not like the under then. I see, I see. What did you say the spread was? For, uh, the spread's six and a half. Iowa State by six and a half, and the over under at 49 and a half. I, I'm still under the 49 and a half, okay. but I do see um, Iowa State winning by more than six and a half. Okay. I actually, I actually have West Virginia plus six and a half here just based on their defensive ability and Letty Brown hopefully getting things going. I think Iowa State wins it, but I think this might be a tight game. Um, I'm, I am kind of interested in watch Iowa State a little bit more, though. I kind of want to see their team. They have this motto, five um, – five-star culture over five-star players Colin I don't know how you feel about that motto but I kind of like it and I like this Matt Campbell guy and uh if he wants an NFL job I got an NFL team he can go to and I think you know who I'm going to say <laughs> of course 
Um, I know a team that could use a coach like that. Yeah. Um, so this this game is obviously Iowa State's a more motivated team, uh, and they they got a lot on the line. So I expect it to be tight. You're taking uh, Iowa State laying the six and a half. I'll take West Virginia plus six and a half. Um, so the next game, we originally were going to talk about a game that was going to be it's probably the most exciting game in my mind on the on the board. And I was very excited about that game. Uh, yeah, uh, it was going to be Liberty at Coastal Carolina, which is a game that I'm sure no one ever expected was going to be that big of a game midway through the season. Um, but then Liberty had a bunch of issues with COVID, and this game just got put on the map uh, as of yesterday. Uh, so it's now BYU at Coastal Carolina. Uh, college game day will be on site. And uh, we got BYU favored by 10 points, uh, over or under at 61.5. And, and both teams are coming in at 9-0. and um, BYU really needs a convincing win, and they also need a bunch of chaos to happen to even have a thought of the top four. They need a couple of these Power 5 teams to lose. They need Cincinnati to lose to, get, to even get in the mix. Um, one of my favorite players in the country, though, Zach Wilson, uh, this guy's so much fun to watch. Uh, 26 touchdowns, two picks. He's probably going to be in the top 15 in the draft. He's made his way up there if he declares. He's only a junior. Um, BYU is an offensive powerhouse. Uh, they've scored 40 points in eight of their last nine games. They've won each of their games by 35 points, but they've also played absolutely nobody. Um, and they've had to make up their schedule because they've had so many cancellations and teams that, that had to bail on them early in the season. So th- their, their schedule is almost just create as you go. And then you got Coastal on the other side, clinch the Sun Belt uh, uh, conference game title, at least they're going to be in the title game. They've won their last five by tw- an average of 22 points. Um, they're a really balanced attack. Uh, statistically, they run the ball just as well as they throw it. Um Man, this should be a fun game. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely think um, this should be one of the better ones. Um, I like I do like Coastal a lot. Their their offense is very appealing to me. Um, Grayson McCall, he um, may not be as talented or as dynamic as a, of a quarterback as uh, Zach Wilson, but he has thrown 20 touchdowns and only one interception this year, so he takes care of the ball pretty well. And they have uh, two guys on defense, Teron Jackson. He has eight and a half sacks, which is fourth in the FBS. And um, Jordan Strong has five picks, which is tied for first. So they can um, make some plays on defense. So I look for them to try to disrupt Zach Wilson and uh, make some plays happen on defense and hopefully try and um, put some points on the board because they're going to have to match that with BYU because their offense is obviously very, very good. BYU's averaging 535 yards a game. Um, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, but I, I don't know how much you can take stock in that based on their opponents. Um, I am a little bit worried about Coastal being able to keep up if, they, if this turns into a bit of a track meet, if BYU gets up a couple touchdowns. Um, I'm going to lay the 10, and I'm just going to go with the guy that's going to be an NFL quarterback in Zach Wilson, and I'm going to trust that. The, the over uh, 61.5 is slightly appealing to me, but that's probably a stay away. But I'll, I'll lay the 10 with BYU and because they need, they need to show up on a big stage, and this is probably the biggest one they're going to have. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I think BYU tries to win this one pretty convincingly to get their uh, statement win, try and get them uh, up in the conversation. And um, I, I'm liking the over here. I, I think 
BYU is going to put up some big numbers, and I think Coastal is also going to score um, a decent amount of points in this game. I'll definitely have my eye on, on Zach Wilson. I've watched him a couple times on these, these late Friday night or Saturday night games, and he's really appealing to me. So as the Bears continue to lose and their draft pick continues to improve, this guy is really catching my eye. So, hey, I've just created a coach in Matt Campbell and the quarterback, Zach Wilson. So I've I've pretty much fixed the Bears' problems as we talk here. And the college football put, that's right. The last game we're going to talk about is um, – it's it's not that exciting to me, but it does have a little bit of meaning, and it is two top twenty five teams. It's Texas A and M at Auburn. A and M's favored by six and a half. The over unders at forty eight. Um, really struggled to find Auburn's best win. I guess it was the first game of the season against Kentucky. Um, but they they've they just got dominated last week against Alabama. Obviously, you can't hold that against them. Um, A&M lost a hard-fought game to Bama early in the season. They beat Florida. Uh, they have a really, really solid defense, and their front four is especially good. Um, they only give up just under 330 yards a game. Um, Auburn seems pretty inconsistent. Bo Nix is tough at home, though. He's 10-1 and at home the last two years. Um, they don't have Tank Bigsby this game, though, I believe. And... Uh, a&M's quarterback, uh, Kellen Men, he's been pretty inconsistent. He was only 11-34 last week against a awful, awful LSU secondary. So it's a little concerning to me. Um, I don't know. How do you see this game going? Um, I, I, I'll look for uh, Kellen Mon to uh, come back from his poor, poor performance and uh, put up some good numbers against his Auburn defense. Um. I, I see A&M's defense taking away the Auburn run attack and making Bo Nix make some plays. They do have a few playmakers. Um, Seth Williams is their big play guy. He can go up and get the ball. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't see Auburn making much of this game. They're, they they haven't really convinced me too, too much this year that they're a good football team. And I just see okay. A&M continuing – their uh path and sticking to it um yeah so you like a&m to to give the six and a half and and win by more than that i do yeah i would also take a&m as well um i i I couldn't have said it better i just don't think uh, auburn's very good this year and a&m is they are fifth in, in you know in the rankings i don't see a path for them especially being in the same division as alabama but totally they're probably motivated to, you know, motivated to try to figure out a way to get to get into the top four. But I don't see a path for them. Um, real quick, Heisman odds. Uh, currently, Kyle Trask is still the favorite at minus one ten, but Mac Jones is right behind him at plus one fifty, and then trailing behind them is Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Now semi long shots. Um, if you had to pick between Trask and Jones. Um, I guess if you were betting on it, is there any value on taking Jones at plus 150? Yeah, you know, I'm not a betting guy, obviously, since I'm not legally able to do it. But <laughs> if I were, um, I think there is some value there with Jones. Um, Trask obviously is having an amazing year. 34 touchdowns with three interceptions. Um, Florida's nowhere near where they are without him. But 
Mac Jones, obviously amazing here too. 2,700 yards, 76% completion, 23 to three touchdown interception. Uh, it's I, been really I think good. If, I think if Trask falls off, maybe has a bad game, there is some value with that plus, would you say plus 150? Plus 150, yeah. Yeah, I, I do I do think there is some value there. I do too. I, I think Trask has had less around him, obviously. I mean, Alabama's offense is loaded with NFL talent, and uh, I, I, I honestly can't say I, I know Florida's skill players that well, but – um, so the the path is probably still for Trask to win this, um, but it'll be interesting to see if Jones can close the gap here in the last couple of weeks. Um, Colin, I have I have a three team parlay. I want to run by you and and you tell me what you think if there's if you see a if you see a, a problem with any of these. Uh, so we got Notre Dame playing Syracuse, the powerhouse football powerhouse Syracuse Orangemen. Um, <laughs> The line is ridiculous, so I'm staying away from that. But I'm taking the team total again on Notre Dame over 42 and a half um, as as my first leg of the parlay. I mean, I, I think they could probably score as much as they want here. Um, uh, so I see some big plays, and I see them getting to 45, 49 in this game. Um, second leg, I'm going to take Buffalo, who put up 70 last week. Um, and... Uh, Gosh, I did this. I did this last week where I didn't even write down who they were playing. Oh, they play Ohio. <laughs> they play Ohio at Ohio, and uh, the line is uh, eleven. I'm gonna tease that down to six and a half. So they just got to win it by a touchdown. And then I'm finally taking the over in the North Carolina State Georgia Tech game. North Carolina State routinely puts up thirty-five, low forties. And Georgia Tech has been scoring a little bit recently too. That that fifty nine and a half seems like a, a a little bit low to me. I could see this game being in the mid sixties quite easily. Um, so that that parlay is at plus four sixty two. Twenty five dollar bet, win you one hundred forty dollars. Uh, total of one hundred fifteen dollars profit. Colin, tell me which leg loses. Well, I am just. I'm obviously just not too familiar with Buffalo and Ohio's football teams, but um, I could definitely see that one. Um, that one, I think that one will hit. Um, Notre Dame, th- that one worries me just a little bit. It just, I think it just depends how long they want to keep their starters in. Yeah. Um, if it, I mean, obviously their backups will still perform well, but I just don't know if they'll put up quite the points that their starters will. So that would be the leg that worries me a little bit just because I'm not too sure how long their starters will be in the game. It's a fair point. The The other team total was Syracuse uh, over under 10 or ten and a half points. Um, so you could also kind of mess with that. But um, I'm going to trust that Notre Dame has their foot on the gas at least in the first half and they can get in maybe in the, the 30s there in the first half and uh, just take care of business in the second half. Um, Colin, thanks for joining me. Um, enjoy talking about these games and uh, hopefully we've got a couple good ones this weekend yeah I appreciate you having me it was a great time I'm excited to see these games as well alright everyone thanks again for listening to your best bet check us out on Instagram new Instagram page um, and we are cranking these out two to three a week uh, we don't have a golf podcast the next two or three weeks uh, because the PJ Tour will be off after this week until January 
So we'll get uh, college and NFL, and then we're going to crank up the NBA at the end of the month. So appreciate you listening. See you next time.